everybody. It's Sue Bidstrup with the Great Big Yes podcast. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. On this podcast, I speak to people who have said yes to a greater calling in their lives, people who are living with passion and purpose and making a difference in the world. And today I'm speaking with Jamie Ivey. Woohoo! Jamie has her own podcast. As many of you know, I'm sure you've listened to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. And I am just so excited that I was able to spend some time with her today, just chatting and getting to know her. It was our first time meeting and um, such a pleasure. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. Thanks for being here. Hi, Jamie. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm so honored that you're here. Thank you for joining me. It's fun to be with you. Thanks for having me. Yes. Awesome. All right. So for my listeners, um, I'm with Jamie Ivy today, and I'm super excited about it. Many of you have probably listened to her podcast the happy hour with Jamie Ivy. And Jamie, I would love for people who maybe don't know who you are, which probably isn't many, um, but if they don't know who you are, what can you just kind of say hello and introduce yourself? Yeah, for sure. My name is Jamie Ivy, obviously. I live here in Austin, Texas with my husband, Aaron, who works at the Austin Stone Community Church and is a worship pastor. We have four kids. Our oldest is 13 and our youngest is nine. So they're all pretty close, three boys and one girl. And I'm a podcaster and an author and a speaker and all those things. That's what I do with my life. I love it. And there's so many things we can talk about. When I was thinking about um, interviewing you, I was like getting overwhelmed with kind of planning. So we're just going to let this, I did, so I didn't plan. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So we're just going to let this roll. But um, you mentioned Austin. So I'm in Austin as well. And we moved here three years ago and I couldn't love it more. It's such an amazing place. Have you always lived in Austin? I have not. We have been here nine years. So before that, we spent five years in Tennessee. And then my husband and I were married in the Houston area, and that's where we're both from. So we spent five years out of Texas and Tennessee, and then we've been in Austin nine years, and we love it here as well. Yeah, it's awesome. So you're from Houston, so I'm sure your heart is breaking right now. Oh, yes. It has been such a hard weekend watching everything they've gone through, and we have friends there, and our church just sent a team down there yesterday to partner with um, another church there, Bayou City Fellowship, and help them with what they're doing. And it is just, it's, it's heartbreaking. It is. It yeah. totally is. Yes. But I do love seeing, you know, it's kind of like that Mr. Rogers quote, right? Like, find the helpers. Like, uh -huh. in this situation, just seeing um, everybody come together. And, like, I saw a picture of someone in, on a jet ski um, that went into someone's house and was bringing out an older woman out on the jet ski. And I was like, I saw that. isn't that amazing? Yes. And, and, you know, we have a couple of friends there that we've been in contact with and then, but just seeing all the news and everything on social media. And for the most part, everyone that I've seen has like this spirit of just we're it's going to be okay. Like yes. we're going to make it. And they're, they're surrounded by water and devastation and they lost their house and, and they're on the roof getting rescued in a helicopter. And yet they're smiling and they're saying, it's okay. We're going to make it because people are just coming together. It's been really beautiful to watch um, yes. the city of Houston kind of rally for each other. And I've seen um, even pictures of people like on the highway um, videotaping all of the trucks and like first responder people who are going from other states and other mm -hmm. cities. And I'm like, okay, this is the America I want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. It, like, it's really, really great to watch. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. And then you mentioned your kids, which I love. Um, cause I saw on your Instagram, like a picture of them on their first day, which we all do. It's like, yes, you have to post that picture of the first day. Um, but you've adopted some of your children, right? 
That's right. Three of our kids joined our family through adoption. Our oldest is our only biological. And then my next youngest under that is 12 and he is, was born in Haiti. And then under that is my next son. And he was born here in Texas. We adopted him domestically. And then my, our last child, our sweet little girl story was also born in Haiti. Okay. That's awesome. I love that part of your story as well. Um, today I really want to talk about podcasting. If that's mm-hmm. okay, because I think what's so cool is you, um, everybody listens to your podcast. I love your podcast. It's awesome. You've had so many great guests on there and um, it's you. awesome. And I just want to kind of get, what I like to do is try to peel back, you know, kind of how it started. Like when mm-hmm. did you have the idea? First of all, I guess I, let's go back even farther. Were you always a believer? Did you always know about Jesus? Did you always go to church? Kind of what's your background there? Yeah, for me, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, I don't remember ever our family not going to church. Um, and so I knew a lot about God and I knew all the quote unquote rules and I knew what you should say and how you should act and all those things. But about my sophomore, before my sophomore year in high school, I totally started just living for myself and doing my own thing. And looking back on my life, I just don't really think I, I understood the gospel or I knew Jesus as my savior or I trusted to follow him. All I didn't, I don't think any of those things applied for me. Um, and so I kind of just lived a crazy wild life for myself. I still would have said, I'm a good person. You know, I don't do drugs and that would, that, in my mind, that made me a good person, but (laughs) I don't know why, but I would, I was, you know, very doing all other kinds of things. And so for me, it just kind of, a lot of things came crashing down in my world. And when I was 21, I attended a conference in Dallas called the passion conference, which some of you have probably heard of. Mm -hmm. And it was there really that God just truly got a hold of my life. I listened to this woman on the stage speaking. I'd never heard of her before. Her name was Beth from Houston. And was it, um, was it Beth? It was Beth Moore. Yes. (laughs) I love it. You know, and I just, I'd never heard. I didn't, I was so out of the church then. I didn't even know who that was. And, but it was as if she was speaking directly to me. And, and from then on, um, I would say is when I started to slowly, um, change and give my life to Jesus. And, and my change wasn't instant, you know, it was kind of a bumpy road for me. And so it was around 21 that I say is when I really started following Jesus. Okay. I love that. And then how did you meet your husband? Yeah. So after I went to off to college, cause we grow, sorry, we both grew up in the Houston area on different sides. Cause Houston is ginormous. Yeah. Um, and then I went off to college for two years in Dallas and moved back home and started living with my parents. And while I had been gone off at college, they started attending a new church. And that is where my husband now, Aaron was like an intern youth pastor. Okay. So he was my younger brother's youth pastor. So we met then, okay. um, but I was still kind of wild and crazy and we just knew who each other were. We didn't start dating for like two years, but that's where I met him at church of all places. I love it. I, love I know. It. And I have to say my daughter, so I have a daughter who, I have a daughter in college, but I have a daughter who's a senior in high school and then a son who's a freshman, but my daughter who's a senior, um, she just went to young life camp. She was there for a month. She was, a uh, um, doing laundry basically. Oh, I love it. Yep. Um, yeah. And, um, it was so funny. She called me, you know, they have no phone for a month. So she calls me like on the payphone, and I asked her, Oh my gosh, how is it going? You know, like, I'm so excited to talk to you. How's it going? And she's like, it's humbling. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> like perfect. Exactly what we needed. Um, I love it. But anyway, she came back from that and a bunch of kids in the Austin area who are in young life, they all met together and went to Austin stone last week. 
Awesome. Yeah. Very so good. I was yes. excited for her. That was the first time that she had gone there. And I haven't made it up there yet, but I, I need to try. But I, I know it's awesome. Everybody talks about it. Like when we moved here, people were like, oh, you have to go to Austin Stone. Uh, we do love our church. It's been a great place for me and my growth with the Lord for sure. Oh, for sure. Um, okay. So let's talk about the podcast. Like when did you get the idea or how did you get the idea? Did you feel like God was like, Jamie, you need to do a podcast or how did it happen? <laughs> so, uh, if we go back about probably six years, yeah. um, I, we lived here in Austin and I was just doing my thing. You know, I had a blog, but it was basically just me updating about adoption and kids and motherhood and those type of things. And my kids from that we adopted from Haiti had been home about a year. And so I was just full on mom mode, you mm -hmm. know, taking yeah. kids to school, soccer, all those things. Still had a daughter at home with me. She hadn't gone to kindergarten yet. And so I was just driving in the car one day and I heard a local radio station here in town that I listened to, a country station, announced that they were having a contest for someone to win a spot to join the morning team. So oh the my morning gosh, show. How awesome. I love mm -hmm. that. So I'm thinking <laughs> I have zero experience. I've never talked into a microphone, but I'm thinking, oh, I could do this. And so I went home and told my husband about this contest and he was probably like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and convinced him to help me record this 60 second kind of promo thing. And so I wrote it all out and I recorded it and it was so cheesy. I, I kind of <laughs> cringe when I think about it now, but I sent it in and just thought, we'll just see what happens. And you know, hundreds of people applied all these things and I kept making it further and further and further. And I made it to the top 10 and then I made it to the top five. Oh my gosh. And I remember Aaron, and I went on a date and he was saying to me, he was like, um, I think that we should talk about like, if you win, cause I hadn't worked <laughs> since we had kids, like I hadn't had a job. And yeah. so, uh, I ended up longest story ever. I ended up winning this job. And so I joined a morning show team here in Austin as a DJ. And that is it was, so fun. It was I crazy. That. I loved it so much. The guys that I worked with were so kind to me because I mean, I knew absolutely nothing. I would like yeah. talk into the microphone and like, <laughs> I mean, it was awful, but they were so fabulous and I loved it. I loved my job. But at the same time that summer, my family was really, really struggling. Uh, my marriage was struggling. My kids were struggling. Mm. And the really only change that had happened in our family was that I had gone back to work. And so Hardest decision ever. Yeah. Maybe not ever because it seems kind of silly. But it was in the moment, it was really, really difficult because I felt like, wait, I found something I like. like yeah. I'm, I'm good at this. I like this. And now I have to get up, give it up for my family. Yeah. And that sounds awful to say out loud, but that was a very real feeling that I was having. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I struggled through it. And my husband was so kind in that time that he never once looked at me and said, you have to quit. This is killing our family. Right. Um, and I look back and I'm so thankful for that because I think I would have become very bitter Yeah. had he demand, not demanded, but you know right. what I mean? Yeah, had he totally. looked at me and been like, Hey, our family's like kind of dying here. You need to quit. Right. And so he let me kind of work through it. And I'm thankful because it was me and God working through it instead of me and Aaron. And yeah, and I brought it to him and he was so gracious to lead that really well for me. And I ended up quitting and it was a really hard decision, but I look back Sue, and I'm just like, it was the hardest, but best decision ever. So right. all that to say, I found something I loved. And so yes. I'm like, how do I do this? I, and I, I didn't want to be on a morning show. I didn't want to show up at work at five o'clock every morning, you know, and right. I wanted my own thing. And about a year later, I was on someone's podcast. Yeah. And when we got done, I thought to myself, I think I could do that. Oh yeah. Right. And that's kind of how the dream started. Now I didn't start the next day, but that was the thing that kind of made me think, I think I could do this. Yeah. 
I love that. So then, um, well, on the, there's so many things in what you just said that I think are really important. I think I remember my mom saying to me once when I was um, had young kids and kind of in that same stage of life that you're talking about. And she was like, you know, I feel like you guys have been sold a bill of goods. Like you think you can have it all and you can and maybe you can have it all, but you can't have it all at the same time. Right, right. And I remember being like, you know, it, it's hard to swallow that. Like, it's like, no, I want what's, <laughs> I want to be fulfilled. You know, there's all this talk about fulfillment and all of that. But what I like is about your story, I love it, is like when you followed that leading of the Lord, then he gave you your heart's desire, but it was just later. His it was timing, different. Yeah. yeah, it was different. And it, but it wasn't that there was like some thing you had to give up forever. It was like, no, it's just going to look different than you think it's going to look right now. And if you trust me, um, it's going to come to fruition. And I think that's so beautiful. Yeah. And it's hard in the moment because you think, it no, is. this is the best it could be. Ugh. This is, how could I give up this opportunity? Everybody I mean, wants I, this. Like, yes. It's like, yeah. I, I People want were it. fighting for this job and I won. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so there was a part of that and I really had to come to grips as well. You know, I think my story worked out phenomenal, right? I love my job now. Yeah. Um, but I really had to come to the grips of if, if it doesn't, like I still had to trust that like God's what he wanted best for me was me to come back with my family. Um, and I'm not saying that that's like, you know, everyone needs to just be home with their kids. That's what my family needed at the time. And I just would never change that. So, yeah, I love that. Um, okay. So then as far as podcasting, like how do you decide like who's going to be on? Do you just like see somebody, you see a book or you see something and you're like, okay, I really want to put that person on. (laughs) Like, I'm very curious about that because I feel like I talk to so many interesting people all the time. I want to have everybody on. (laughs) Right. I know. (laughs) I mean, there's so many good stories. For sure. Uh, you know, when I started, you know, three and a half, almost three and a half years ago, I just kind of thought, Hey, who are my friends? And so I reached out to all my friends and said, Hey, come join me on the show. Yeah. Um, and I, and I knew them. And so I knew what I wanted to talk to them about, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden when the show started to pick up some traction, people were coming to me and saying, Hey, either, Hey, I want to be on, or I have this friend you should have on. Um, the most requests I get these days are coming from publicists. They're saying, Hey, we had this author, she wrote a book or, Hey, we had this person doing this. And so, yeah, for me now, I get to be a lot more choosy and I love that. And so basically if an email comes in and I've never heard of the person they're pitching to me, yeah, uh, I, something really has to catch me, you know, because yeah. there's just so many coming in. And so I unfortunately have to say no a lot. Yeah. Um, I can imagine. I, I mean, I only make 52 shows. So, right. you know, 52 people in a year. And um, so something has to really catch me um, when they're pitching the show, the story to me, if that makes sense. It's not yeah. just like, oh, you have a new book. Yes, you can come on. Right, um, totally. I need to really feel like, oh, this is something that I want to talk about. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so I have a question. Did you ever interview on your podcast? And I maybe I should know this. I wish I would have looked it up beforehand. Did you ever interview Beth Moore? I did. Ah, awesome. It was like a high moment for me. <laughs> I mean, one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me, because I told you she was so instrumental. Yes. God used her so greatly. He used her message and yeah. I didn't know who she was, you know, yeah. at the time. And so I, um, I've also had her daughter on and her daughter and I have been friends kind of online for many, many years. Yeah. And, um, I had one, it had been a dream to have Beth on, to have Beth on. And then she released, I don't know if you know this or not. She released a fiction book. Um, I did hear that. I haven't last read it yet. Fall. Oh, it's yeah. so good. You should really get it. It's yeah. called, um, uh, I have it right here. The, un- the undoing of St. Sylvanus uh, or Savannah. I don't know how to say okay. it. I should. Um, but it was so good. But anyhow, when she released that, um, one of her, 
I don't know who it was, reached out and said, Hey, she's doing a couple podcast interviews and she'd love to join you. And I was like, uh, of course, yes. <laughs> that, like, let me think about this for a moment. And you know, so she joined me and it was just such a, it was such a joy for me. And I got to tell her that story in person, yes. you know, over the phone. And so, yeah, yes. it was a great, great interview. Well, I mean, she's impacted my life so much too. I just, I love her and she's so funny and she's so real and Completely. Just, yep. yeah, I love that. Um, so what do you like, do, are there ever times and I'm sure there are, and I, I, I think cause for the people who are listening, what I love to kind of get behind too is like, they may have a dream in their heart that they want to follow and they may feel discouraged about it. Or maybe they've even started like writing or creating in some way. And then they feel like, who, who am I to think I can do this? Or, you know, you just kind of get down sometimes. Like, what do mm -hmm. you do if you feel that way? Like, is there something that you go to? Like, and it doesn't have to be like scripture. I mean, it can be if it is, but it may be, I don't know, maybe you go for a run or like, what's your real life like advice for people if they're feeling like, uh, they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the, a couple things come to mind. Number one is who do you have surrounding you? Uh, um, so you good. know, who are the people, who are the girlfriends in your life that are going to be real with you and are going to be encouraging to you? Um, yeah. you know, find people who you can be honest with your dream about my friend, Jen Jack calls these, who are your dream defenders? You know, who oh, are the people? I love that. Yeah. Who are the people that you can say, Hey, here's my dream. And it sounds crazy. You know, like who would right. have ever thought, here's my dream. I want to start a podcast or I want to write a book or I want to be a DJ or whatever it is you want to, you want to start a yoga studio, whatever it might be that you want to do. Right. And then who can you tell these two that are, you're going to trust them to carry that, you know, because that's, it's vulnerable to say out loud. Yes. Hey, I had this really big dream and it seems crazy because either I have no credentials, I've never done it, or it just doesn't fit my personality. People would think. Yeah. And so who are the people who you can say that to? And then I just say, man, like, what is your goal? You know, and I think sometimes we set out and we're, we want to start something and, um, you want to, you, you look at someone who's already doing it. So let's say, for example, if you, um, you, you know, you want to, you want to write a Bible study and so yeah. you're like, well, uh, Beth Moore's my model. I want to, yeah. I want to be like Beth Moore. Well, you could get discouraged when your first Bible study doesn't <laughs> get picked up by a publisher, you know, and you're like, wait, what? Beth does this. Yes. But but she's been doing it for years after years after years. And I'm sure she got stuff turned down and you just got to take that next step right in front of you. Yes. And so take your eye off of, you know, the very end goal that you're going to have 17 Bible studies published in the next 30 years. Right. But what does the first one look like? You know, what is the next step for the first one? And so I think sometimes we get way too far ahead of ourselves and there's nothing wrong with setting really big goals. Right. But to reach those, you don't go from step A to step, you know, Z. You, there's so a lot good. of steps in between there. Oh yeah. Amen. Well, speaking of, um, writing, you are releasing a book. Is that right? I am. That's so it's exciting. crazy. How it is so exciting. <laughs> I feel, um, a little vulnerable, like my friend, Amanda, who she works with me and she's just one of my closest friends. She just finished it last night, actually. Oh my gosh. And I said, Oh my gosh, you're like my officially my first reader. Um, I have one other friend who's read it and early in the editing process to give me a lot of feedback. But Amanda was the first one to read it. Like it's done, done, done. Um, and I, every time she would text me, I was so nervous and yes. she's my friend. She's for me. She would be like a dream defender of me. <laughs> she's so for me. Um, and I was just so nervous. So it's, it's scary putting something out there like that. It really is. Yeah. Now what is it called? It's called, if you only knew my unlikely unavoidable story of becoming free. Oh, I love that title. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. It comes out at the end of January. Okay, so January 2018. 
January 2018. Yes. So does that, I mean, I was just on a couple different launch teams. And so I know what goes into kind of launching a book. Does that take over your life at this point or not yet? It feels like it's about to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, I have, um, I don't know when this is going to go out, but we have a a big happy hour event, which is my podcast um, in about 10 days. And so I feel like that's kind of consuming. And then as soon as that's done, I think I just go straight into book mode. I think that's what my life is going to be for the next few months too. I think you're right. Yeah. That is so fun though. I mean, just taking it, it's like you're just taking your show on the road, like just telling everybody about your story. I love it. It's so exciting. And I feel like that's um, that's kind of the next, I don't know, like there's so many books that are coming out, but I love I love every single one. You should see my um, bed stand. Like I, I can't even read all the books, but I keep buying them. You know, I understand. I have the same problem. Yes. When people say like, what is your greatest extravagance? I remember that was like, I think it's in like the Vanity Fair um interview or something at the end of Vanity Fair. And I always think about that. I'm like, mine is books and magazines and like anything like that. My parents owned a bookstore when I was growing up. Oh, I, I love know. that. It's a dream. Um, but so I just have books everywhere, like stacks everywhere. And there's not enough time in the day, but I do love oh. them. I love if them. I, if I had a dream, so it would be <laughs> to own a bookstore slash coffee shop. Oh, I know. Right. That's it's like just... something in my life. And I'm like, what will never happen, but you would love it. That would be it for me. Like I don't have time to own a bookstore and bookstores are kind of like not the greatest thing to start right now. Totally. Uh, But Amazon. Yeah. Amazon's (laughs) just going to take over the world. But I'm like, oh, I would love to own a bookstore. We ordered something from Amazon the other day and it came that day. And we were like, we were like looking at each other like how I don't even understand. all this. I'm like, I'm mad when I get on Amazon and I can't get it the next day. I'm like, what? (laughs) I know the demand. Yeah. My parents bookstore was like the cutest little thing. It was called the little professor. Mm. And it was just darling. And it was in a train. There was this, um, it was like a, a shopping mall kind of thing, a strip mall, but everything was a train car. It was called the Junction. And so it was like a little train car um, bookstore. I mean, it was built out in the back too, but the front was like a train car. It was darling. It was I love so, it. I know. It was so cute. And I just have, and even like, you know how some people read stuff online? I'm like, oh, no, ma'am. Like, I need to smell it and feel it. And like, I love the actual book in my head. I do too. I do too. I mean, there's something about the process of just having the book. And same with the Bible. Like a lot of people now, I know it's like more convenient sometimes for them to like look up scripture on their phone, but I like want to feel it. I want to write in my Bible. I'm with you. Yeah. Do you write in your Bible? Because I feel like I do. Okay. So, so do do you have like, but I don't even have a journaling Bible and I write in my Bible. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I write all in my Bible and it's like falling apart and the thought of getting a new one is kind of daunting, but. I know mine is too. I think it's time. It started like the binding is not together anymore. Mine too. Mine too. But that just means that we're um, in it, which is a good thing. <laughs> right, right. Okay, right. There. We'll, we'll go with that. Yes. Yes. So um, on that note, and I can just kind of wrap it up here. I mean, I feel like I could talk for hours, but I'm going to let you get on with your life. But I want to just um, ask you a couple things. Like one, speaking of the Bible, like if you were thinking of your scripture that you go to, like what's your favorite? Like where do you find yourself kind of returning in God's word? Oh, I find myself a lot of times returning uh, to the letters that Paul wrote in New Testament so a lot. Yeah. Um, and then the Gospels. Well, I don't know if I can just say one. I'm yeah, reading Luke right now. So yeah. I'm kind of into that right now. But I find myself a lot of times going back um, to some of those letters. I just keep going back to those. And I feel as though um, 
I just, when you, when I read them, I see that it's so crazy how these were written so many years ago and they still apply to us today. Isn't that, I mean, it's just crazy. Right. It's like spot on for today's like societal stuff and everything. Right. Yeah. I love that. I'm starting a um, new study. We're starting a new study at our church. I go to Austin Ridge in um, here and we're going to start a new study and we're going to do the Bible in a year. And I'm excited about it. And one of the things that I heard somebody say, it was Jen Wilkin, actually, she said um, she was taught and these aren't her exact words, but the overarching theme was like, you know, the Bible is a story about God and we can need to read it and kind of understand it as like his whole story, right? Like there's like a story happening. Mm -hmm. Like it's not just, and, but what I tend to do, and I think a lot of people tend to do is I tend to go in there and try to find like that one little piece for me. (laughs) Right. Right. Like, and so I found this really intriguing because I've never done that. Like I didn't grow up reading the Bible, so I didn't grow up learning scripture by heart or anything like that. And so I'm really interested and also kind of intimidated by thinking about reading the Bible in a year. Have you ever done that before? You know, I haven't ever done that. And so that's really great. And when you're talking about the Bible as a story, it reminds me, have you, I know your kids are older, but just go with me for a second. Have you seen the Jesus Storybook Bible by Sally Lloyd-Jones? Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Okay, good. I was going to say, whenever you were talking about one big story, that is such a good reference, even for adults. Um, Yes. Uh, because the whole, because she kind of lays that out, you know, that it's one, it's God's whole story of him rescuing us. Um, and so I was just thinking about that when yes. you were talking about that. Oh, I love that. Oh, and that's the other thing. I have a million Bibles everywhere. I, have I know. <laughs> and then my mom gave me the Amplified Bible, which I think is the coolest thing ever with all the different words for every oh. word. It's amazing. It's like, it'll take a word and it'll just give you like 20 options for that one word. And I'm like, okay, this is going to take... Uh, a really long time to get through one passage because I get caught up. I love the language. I love words and just like the language around things and how much it can make a difference, even looking at a different translation of the Bible. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So fun. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go, but I would love, would you be willing, and I didn't ask you in advance, but I would love it. Would you be willing to pray for us? Let's just kind of like pray for the listeners for if they have a dream and I don't know, kind of whatever's on your heart. For sure. For sure. I'd love to. Yay. Okay. Thank you. God, I am just going to pray for everyone who's listening to our words right now. God, I pray that um, that what you want them to hear is exactly what they were to, wanted to hear. And I thank you that in your great, great, big plan and sovereignty that everyone that's listening is exactly who you wanted to listen um, and to hear what we had to talk about. God, I just, I thank you for dreams. I thank you that you put dreams in us. I thank you that you um, are the creator of things. And so, God, I just pray for all of the women um, and men that are listening who are having dreams, God, I um, I just ask that you would put people in their paths that would be willing to defend those dreams and yeah. put people in their path who would be willing to walk alongside them in the hard times and the good times and the scary times um, and in the uncertain times. God, thank you so much um, for putting those people in our lives and those dreams in our hearts. And God, I just pray for um, Sue as she continues to, to interview people and bring people um, to the forefront of who have you know, said yes to things. And God, I just thank you for that. And I thank you most importantly for just um, sending Jesus for us. And so I pray all this in his name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yay. Thank you for letting me do that. Jamie, thank you for being on. I just appreciate, I love what you're doing and I can't wait for the book and just to follow everything. And um, I just appreciate it. Thanks. Oh, you're so sweet. Thanks for having me on. 